0: Ahoy everyone, now it's Saturday, September fifteenth. it's uh, 9 o'clock in the morning and uh, we left Merzuga yesterday, right now we are in a Riyadh in Zgura, uh, close to at the Atlas Mountains, it's a beautiful place, you have the mountains around you and then you have the oasis in the valley and you have the traditional houses and riads built um, between the palm trees and on the hills. It's very dry so the mountains are rocky and dry, there is no vegetation really on them. Um, Even the little hills around us are just uh, stones and I wouldn't say sand, but you know, um, pebbles, and then uh, you have the greenery in the valley where you have uh, the oasis, the the stream flowing through the valley, and that brings basically the life into this uh, otherwise dry valley. When you say oasis, when I say oasis, you know, it's a pretty large uh, oasis. It talking a few kilometers by long by a few kilometers uh, let's say three kilometers long by a kilometer wide. so it's not a small oasis. it's pretty big like the, the, there are about three people living in this uh, town, so it's not a small oasis. Um, I don't want to give the wrong impression. Uh, so we just all day. We 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 had to drive. Um, there's been a, a, a rainstorm in the area uh, the night before, and when that happens, um, the flood of water tends to wash rocks and mud from the hills into the roads, and uh, then you get uh, the roads b- blocked. Um, so we had to take a detour. Um, because the road was blocked and then even on the the new road at some point um, we we had great difficulty passing through because actually the mud was um, two feet deep in the middle of the road soft mud we had to wait for a few trucks to drive through to kind of open the way before we could drive with our uh, car through through that um, piece of uh, blocked road. We arrived here at six o'clock last evening. Uh, the First impression: um, we were a little bit, you know, not overly impressed because the place looked a little bit um, too simple, I'd say. But once we got inside and we had a chance to look around, uh, we were impressed with the the, the originality of the place uh, and. Um, we actually like the riad. We had a dinner in the Riyadh and They have a pretty big uh, restaurant. It's just for the guests. It's not you know nobody else will come here to eat from outside. It's just for the guests. But uh, lovely uh, atmosphere, nice tagine. One of the best tagine we had in uh, in Morocco, uh, cooked with vegetables from their own garden. Uh, now the breakfast in the morning again was was simple as, as always but tasty uh, with fresh bread um, and today the plan is to go and see some ruins some ruined Riyads uh, that will be a few maybe 100, 150 years old uh, that are not uh, inhabited any longer and um, we'll make our way to Imlil up to, into the mountains the Atlas Mountains because the plan is to climb Mount Tukbal um, starting from tomorrow morning. What else did you do in Merzuga? Because this is where we we left our um, journal. In Merzuga on the last night uh, we climbed up the the dunes uh, before the sunset. Uh, It was really hard, (laughs) really hard uh, because you make a step and you slide back half a step and you make another step up the dune and you slide back another half a step, So um, and it's very steep, uh, it wasn't very hot, so that kind of helped, but it took us close to one hour to get up uh, the dune, once up there, the view was beautiful, uh, you see all the dunes around you, uh, the sun was setting, beautiful, um, it wasn't crowded, maybe 15-20 people on top of the, of the dune, but it's a big dune, huge dune, um, so it you definitely don't feel uh, crowded and then uh, we made our way back uh, by the time we got to the bottom of the unit, it was actually pitch black by the time we got to, to the car it was proper dark uh, at some point we weren't sure if we uh, were heading in the right direction um, also in uh, Merzuga the morning after we stayed in the tent, in the bivouac, bivouac in the Barber, uh, camp, Berber camp um, our guide took us in his 4x4 four four for a 2-hour uh, tour into the black desert because you have this desert with the sand dunes and the sand dunes are kind of reddish in color and then you go into the black desert where you just have the rock which is black um, and uh, he took us to a berber family that basically lived in the tent, in the tents, uh, in, into this black desert, you're talking about a few kilometers out from the dunes. Um, and um, that family served us tea, we sat down, we talked. We find out that the man who is the head of the family over there, he's 73 years old. He's got three wives. And um, if I'm right, 13 children, If I remember right, uh, his youngest youngest wife just gave birth to his baby son six days ago, and she gave birth to uh, the baby right there in the in the tent with the help of uh, other women from uh, other nomad families that uh, were around. Because you know, you'll see 500 meters away another. tent and another 500 meters another tent so we'll be kind of scattered around in the area about seven or eight families um so that was impressive and uh we had a very strong impression on on my children when they realized how simple and uh, in a way brave you know to, to give birth to your baby in the desert it's uh, <laughs> it takes a different culture it takes a different culture Okay, the woman was happy, smiling, uh, looking after the baby. Uh, we gave them a little bit of uh, money for the hospitality for the tea. Nothing big, um, but just know as a gesture of kindness. they were just nice to let us stay there and uh, give us tea and uh, a little snack and talk to them. I took some pictures. Uh, it was a lovely experience, and after that, we went uh, to the mines, uh, partly the French um, when they realized there are uh, some uh, minerals in the area they set up some mining meaning towns meaning villages and they will employ the the locals uh, but once those mines uh, were not uh, efficient anymore they just dropped everything and left so you'll see these uh, abandoned um, settlements into the black desert um again i, I don't have the words to s- to say what I, what I feel, it's a little bit upsetting to see that you know the Western world comes, sucks out the resources, and then they just leave. Um, they change the way of the people over there live, and uh, when there is no more business, uh, we just left them and uh, went away. But in a way, this is what you are doing right now. Uh, we come, uh, we pay them money to show us the way they lived, to take us on the cameras to track the the dunes and to pretend that we taste their life by sleeping in a tent and then uh, we live. And it's just industry, it's not a way of living. It's always been industry, wasn't anyway, Anyway... Uh, I'm not gonna get anywhere if I follow this line of thoughts. I still never had a chance to finish telling my story about Fez. We spent three nights in Fez, in the Medina, and I was gonna tell how extraordinary that experience was. First we stayed in a Riyadh, in the heart of the Medina, like on one of the main streets of the Medina, basically on the Meath Street, where... um, all the butchers uh, sell uh, their uh, their meat from pigeons and uh, chickens to hedgehogs, camel, cattle, goats. All of that meat will be in display on the street with very little refrigeration. So a very strong s- smell, but a very original experience at the same time. So. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that will ever go into Fez uh, I definitely recommend going to Fez sleeping in a Riyadh in a Medina do not go into any hotel outside of the Medina it's not worth it um, we had lovely uh, uh, you know the the Riyadh people who run the Riyadh were absolutely lovely uh, very friendly a lot of um, explanation and um Advice we got from them, we did spend some money in, in the Medina uh, buying various things. You need to know that you will never, ever beat the lockers at bargaining. They are so good at it; they'll always get the upper hand. So you kind of have to accept that you'll pay more than you are supposed to for whatever you buy. Um, just know it's part of the. Um, <laughs> of the way things are they, you, know, you coming there to buy something they've been selling stuff for the past 25 years they know all the tricks um, be advised on um, not buying fake stuff uh, because there are so many tourists, it's so easy to for them to sell let's say cooking oil and say that it's argan oil and um uh, rose water and saffron and all of that so I recommend doing homework if you buy something it's more you mostly buy it because of the experience of talking to them of the way they explain to you uh, what they are selling but don't fool yourself believing that you got the best deal um, in town you might be getting a good deal, but not. You'll never get the best deal. They always know how to, 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 to get the most out of, uh, of, of your wallet. So as long as you accept it, you're gonna spend some money, and you're gonna spend more than, you are supposed to, more than the locals spend. It's fine. If you just go for the experience, you have a certain budget that you don't mind uh, spending during the the day then um, you'll really enjoy what's happening around you. You'll have guides that approach you and they try to um, take you to places. If possible, try to refuse that. We always did our best to refuse uh, uh, guides. But there are places where you cannot get in without a guide because a guardian, he he kind of looks after the place and you have to give him um, like from 2 euro to 5 euro to even 20 euro, depending on how important that place is just to get in and and see it um there was the case of seeing uh, the local um, university i arrived i arrived there early in the morning Um, it was not even eight o'clock and uh, the the person who you know the guard um, who actually has the keys to open the um, university and close it and make sure that nobody gets in he opened the door for me, he let me uh, walk around. I was blown away by the architecture and the peacefulness of the place and uh, uh, all of that. And I had to give him a little uh, money at the end. Uh, no, I don't know if it was a little. It was uh, 70 dirhams, which is like you know 7 euro uh, for a 10 minute tour of the university. But it was well worth it. Uh, because the Medina streets are very narrow, very small, and then you open this gate and you come inside the university and you, you, you have this wide space, big building, huge high ceilings, beautiful architecture, and it's all hidden behind these gates, from the street you don't even know what's going on behind. Uh, so this contrast between the, the tiny streets and the grandeur of the university, it just it blows you away, um, and it's the same with the mosque. I'm not a Muslim, so I cannot uh, step inside the mosque. But from the outside, when the gate is open, you you see the how beautiful the place is, and why somebody who will be a local will really enjoy being there. You now, getting away from the busy streets and stepping into the peaceful mosque and uh, the tranquility and uh, Of that, it's a big contrast. You almost log or long, I I hope I'm saying the right word, to go to the mosque to have that peaceful, uh, to to have that, you know, 10 15 minutes of of peace. Um, Also, we we ate in different places, we ate in restaurants, we ate with the locals, we ate uh, in our room. So you, you can. Like I had a bowl of soup with the locals, a lentil soup uh, at um, half past seven in the morning. Basically with the locals that go to the market to to sell their own stuff or they're coming to buy stuff. And I paid, if I'm right, five dihan, which is nothing, it's 50 cents for a bowl of soup with bread uh, and spices and it was lovely. The um, other morning uh, I had um, some of uh, the bread they make here, I don't know the name, with um, almond oil um, and honey and a, a, a glass of coffee. Here the coffee is not sold in cups, it, it comes in glasses. Um, and that was, I don't know, 90, huh? 90 cents for that kind of breakfast. We had breakfast in the Riyadh, but I will always wake up early in the morning, go into the streets and try to experience the life of, uh, of the locals somehow. And then around half past nine, ten o'clock, I will come back to the Riyadh and sit down with the family for the official breakfast before we head into town. We, I took Claudia with me one morning on one of these walks. Uh, we almost got lost into the streets you know, not big deal you'll always have the locals coming up to you uh, trying to help or pretending to try to help their, I'm sorry to have to say it but my feeling is that their motivation is okay well, I'll show you something and then you need to pay me I'll give you direction I'll lead you to the place you need to go but then you need to uh, to pay me uh, it's always the case <laughs> one evening we we uh, were you know wandering the streets and we came across uh, this uh, restaurant that is uh, run by an Englishman it's called um, the ruined garden it's uh, the most expensive restaurant in the in the Medina in phase from what I know uh, when I said the most expensive you're looking at uh, 12 to 18 euro for a main course uh, which is not expensive by European standards but by uh, Moroccan standards it's really expensive and there was this man in front of the gate of the restaurant and said oh, do you have booking no ah i'm sorry but the restaurant is full stuff oh, what a pity I said, okay i'll just go inside to see at least how the restaurant looks here yeah. said, you can come go and have a look so at least you know maybe you want to make a booking for tomorrow or another night so I went inside and I looked around, I, there was another man inside the restaurant, I, I talked to him, he told me that uh, yeah, they are fully booked and if I want to make a booking for tomorrow night I should make it now. Uh, he showed me the menu, absolutely beautiful uh, ambience uh, in the restaurant, basically it's, it's a garden with lots of plants and uh, tables scattered around the, the garden, no, no, nobody's bunched up together. Um, really nice. So we walk out uh, of the restaurant and the man we initially met in front of the gate said, okay, so, you know, if you want, I can bring you to our sister restaurant. It's only around the corner. Uh, They still have a very good menu. It's uh, less expensive than here. Uh, I said, no, just, I told him, just, you know, point me in the right direction. I'll go and find myself. No, I have no problem. It's my pleasure to show you where this restaurant is because it's our sister restaurant. So please, uh, that's absolutely no problem. And I told myself, okay, you know, if the man insists uh, and it's just around the corner, like you no, know, 30 seconds, one minute, let him bleed uh, us. That's their way of being hospit uh, hosp- you know hospitable. Uh, <laughs> is that <a> word? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't 30 seconds. It was like uh, four minutes walking through the Medina streets, left and right. Like I I got lost instantly, and he brings us to uh, the door of this riad, and he takes us all the way to the top of the riad, where is a terrace where you have a very nice view of the Medina and even the tanneries. But there was nobody in the restaurant, there was absolutely nobody nowhere, just uh, four empty glasses uh, from whoever drank some uh, mint tea um, earlier uh, that afternoon. And uh, he presents us with a menu, uh, you know, Seventy euro or seventy dirham for a for a tagine and stuff like that, but I instantly got the feeling that something is wrong, something is off, and uh, I managed to turn him down and say, "Look, look, this is not what we want. We'll go back on the street. We'll uh, look. We'll find something ourselves." He was very disappointed. He tried to convince me to give me a tour of the Medina the next day for a very good price and stuff like that. It's only after I managed to brush him off, Uh, Abdul was his name, Abdul Kahira, I hope, I remember right, I realized that he didn't work for the original restaurant, the ruined garden, he was just standing in front of the restaurant, waiting for people like us to come along, and with his story and his being nice, to lead us to another restaurant that wasn't busy and had not customers. And that restaurant didn't even work for that restaurant. If he managed to get us to sit down and eat in that restaurant, he would get a commission from that place for us sitting there and eating in that restaurant. So uh, this is how things work. Uh, The same happens if you go shopping and you have a guide with you. The guide, you will believe that he's befriending you that actually he will hike up the prices of whatever it's on sale because there is no price tags on anything in the Medina and um, he will get a commission to up to 40% of the purchase price on whatever you buy. That's why if you do your shopping in Medina, do it by yourself. Uh, our strategy was to wander the streets for a day and a half, look around, get a sense of what's going on ask for prices here and there without trying to to commit to anything. And only in the last day we actually did most of the um, buying, after we had a good idea of what's going around. Um, And we bought some really nice uh, uh, things, I'm pretty sure not at the best price, but still at a better price than than usual. Um, But that's it. Apart from buying, apart from food, it's lovely just to walk the streets, look at the places, look at the people, sit down in a corner, uh, have a a juice or a a mint tea, um, and and that will make for a lovely uh, day. Um, Despite, you know, you have to understand, the people who work in the Medina, especially the owners of restaurants, they are pushy they really try to drag you in for you to to eat in their restaurant and it's it's a pity because when everybody has the same attitude and the same way of approaching you you try you start being very defensive and even if the owner of a really good restaurant approaches you you treat him the same way you will you'll treat the owner of a very bad restaurant that's approaching and trying to drag you into his restaurant so there is no way for you to distinguish between a good or a bad restaurant unless you experiment that that place um, so one the, the, not the last day you know like the second day uh, that we were we were in fez at uh, lunch time um, usually for lunch we'll just eat something very simple and very cheap but this time so, you know let's treat ourselves to slightly a little bit more um, more not I would say expensive but you no know, not a two euro lunch, let's try to have a five euro lunch. <laughs> um, so we passed this restaurant um, in one of the main streets with lovely tables overlooking the crowd and all of that, so it was a really good setting but again we were afraid that uh, the prices might be too high or uh, the food might not, might not be tasty. But I stopped and I talked to the man and um, he convinced me of the quality of his food and we sat down and had a beautiful uh, lunch for, I can't remember, it wasn't uh, maybe 200 and some grams with the tea and, and cakes and all of that. Um, so it was lovely, uh, you can have a, and we sat down, we saw the people, the tourists and the locals moving by. We managed to talk enough to the man that he brought Claudia into the kitchen and Claudia got the recipe for the lentil because the lentil was absolutely delicious. Uh, But now the little trick (laughs) on getting the recipe for the lentil. When Claudia asked about what spices go into the lentil, the man said, look, I'll talk to the woman in the kitchen and she'll prepare a bag of spices for you so you don't have to go into the spice market and buy the spices because we'll just give you all the spices that you need. And before we knew it, we had a, you know, a, a good size bag of Of five different spices uh, all you know nicely ordered, and uh, we paid um, 100 dirhams which is like 10 euro for that spice uh, bag of spices that go along with the lentil and the man was you know the man was pretty genuine he didn't take any money out of it the money went straight to the woman who worked in the kitchen but even the woman that was in the kitchen she tried to sell it to us by selling by telling us that the spices are grounded by hand, by herself, are not machine-ground, and I don't believe that, seriously, I don't believe that, um, but that's that's uh, that's how it goes, you know, wherever you go, wherever you step, uh, somebody will try to make you buy something, as long as you accept it, as long as you have a budget, and uh, you don't mind blowing that budget every single day, you'll have a lovely experience and you'll get to interact with the locals, uh, and just... Uh, just accept uh, what's, what's happening. Okay, somehow I managed to come up to date with uh, our experience in Fez. We talked about our uh, experience in uh, Merzouga, which is in the desert with the camels and then the, for one night in the desert and the next night uh, in riad in Merzouga town. Um, so somehow I feel that I am up to date with uh, my audio journal And I'll try to keep up to date. Um, Thank you for listening. All the best.